0: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Pennick. And we got a mailbag. We got our, we do one mailbag in a, a month uh, after the draft. So we got our June mailbag. Justin, how you feeling? We got, uh, let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got about 13 or 14 questions. There was actually a lot of good questions. I had to leave some good questions out, which a lot of times it's like some of these, a lot of these questions suck, but we had to leave some good ones out.
1: Damn, pumped, Bobby Skinner. Got a, Fun little mailbag show coming up. Uh, next week is draft week. Technically, again, an early look at Oh, a, yeah.
0: Way too early draft week.
1: Early, way too early draft week. That is next week, so you have that to look forward to. Um, over the weekend, I went to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and I went to see Alison Krauss and Robert Plant in concert. They did a really, really cool version of... Of the Battle of Evermore, and um, shoot, I'm forgetting the other song, but they they covered some Zeppelin songs, and it was actually very, very cool, very, very fun. I said hi to James Bradbury. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. Ready to get into this mailbag. Before we get into this mailbag, this episode was brought to you by
1: Before the Levy sp- Breaks. That's
0: the other song. A few special people. Um, <laughs> no, Anthony Levy. Although I do think that is one of our patrons, Anthony Pata, who reminds me of uh, Brian Pata. Um, do you know who Brian Pat is? No. Play for Miami. No, keep going. You're gonna keep keep going. I, Got I, I don't shot. Know.
1: No. Oh, oh, sorry. It's tough to hear.
0: Like 2000, I think seven. 2005,
1: I think. No, i i was, I was a baby.
0: Greg Archer. Did you ever get into that show Archer? I didn't. No. And then uh, the other one is just Ocean. That's the name Ocean. Ocean.
1: These wonderful people, Um, hopefully they didn't get shot. You don't get shot if you log on to this website. Patreon.com slash talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live. We got like a solid group of people for 7 p.m. on a Monday evening talking some Giants. Got a solid group of people hanging out with us. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. And uh, two times a month, there's some shirt raffles. So Patreon.com slash talking Giants. Thanks to our patrons.
0: All right. Take it away, Steve.
1: Mail time. mail time The mail's here Come on Bye guys Here's the mail It
0: never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes I want to wail Thanks Steve from Blue's Clues Justin Let's get into the mail
1: First question is coming from Patreon member At bscolo
0: What's his regular name? Tough. It's in Ukrainian.
1: It's in it's in Ukrainian currently right now. Uh, ben. I think it's currently. I mean, I think it's Ben. It's um, Benjamin. How bi- I call him Ben. How big of a red flag is it that Slayton is behind just about everybody on the depth chart at wide receiver?
0: So I asked our patrons someone to ask this question. Is this not the most under-talked about uh, OTA, minicamp, talk, like, storyline? Like, we didn't talk about it, and I think it was very under-reported. Justin, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Shep aren't involved on the 11 on 11, 7 on 7 drills uh, in the Giants summer activities. Wandale Robinson, as a rookie, was working with the second team. Darius Slayton was working with the second team behind David Sills, Travis uh, uh, Toy Venon, Richie James Jr., was working as the second team. I feel like that is an unbelievably under-talked about, like, talking like like storyline out of these out of these camp uh practices these summer practices
1: yeah it's kind of bad I mean it's bad on us that we kind of miss that I guess but I don't know because we had our 53 man roster prediction episode and you know we kind of dismissed the whole oh is Darius Slayton on the roster bubble conversation just because of you look at the guys that are in front of Darius Slayton how they're all injury prone and then uh, you have Wandell Robinson, who's a rookie. We really we really did kind of brush that under the rug just because we think that, oh, because of the injuries and the instability up front, that Darius Slayton's just a lock. But clearly, that is not the case.
0: I just don't you think that's kind of disrespectful to Darius Slayton? Like, I know he hasn't been good. He wasn't good last year. Um, in fact, in some of the times where he was needed the most, he came up the smallest. But again, he was behind David Sills, Travis uh, Toivonen, and Richie James Jr. Like, I, to me, that signals like they may be trying to move Slayton. Not hmm. cut him. If they cut him, I will be mad at that. Like, I don't yeah, care what I don't anybody want them says. To cut him. If they flat out, and you know, it'll be, you know, like, you know, it's 53 man cut day and people like you know, people are acting like we're cutting, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. It's like, no, we're acting like they cut Darius Slayton with David Sills, Travis Toyvon, and, and Richie James Jr. ahead of them. Um, that wouldn't make sense. But what could make sense is the Giants are trying to shop Darius Slayton, whether it's in camp. And I looked at some of and that is something I'd be okay with. I, I cause he is buried on the depth chart behind guys, injury prone guys, but behind, you know, essentially four guys, if you you know, if you infer that Wandale Robinson's gonna have a bigger role than Darius Slayton, which I think is a safe uh safe bet. So I looked at the last uh three years of wide receiver trades, obviously not the big guys. There was four trades that kind of were in the same Darius Slayton ballpark. Just about a month ago, the Raiders traded Brian Edwards in a seventh-round pick for a fifth-round pick to the Falcons. Uh, Jakeem Grant was traded for a sixth-round pick. Uh, Anthony Miller in a seventh-round pick was traded for a fifth-round pick. And then Isaiah Ford, who, funny enough, was uh, in minicamp as a tryout, um, was traded for a sixth-round I really think this is gonna be something the Giants try and do in camp if, if if they have him behind these three guys. Like there's that has to mean something to have him behind those three guys. It's one thing to rotate those guys in with him, but have him taking essentially all second team reps, it has to be they're trying to trade him for a six or you know, or do like those other two where you package him with a seven and get a fifth, you know, some type of pick swap. You
1: don't think it's one of those things where they're trying to get a look at some of the younger guys, or they're trying to get reps to some other guys, and then by the time camp rolls around, Darius Slayton, I mean, he could be running with the twos, but that will be when you have guys like, you know, maybe Shep, Galday, Tony, you know, when these guys are kind of back, and then Slayton will be running with the twos. that That's also a th- a theory.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't buy it because those guys have injury issues, so why not let Daniel Jones work with the guys he has more of a chance to be throwing to? Um, you know, compared to, you know, Travis Toiva in it, you know, if the, when they're working the offense, have someone like Slayton who have, have, have one guy on the outside working with him that could beat, you know, the the, CJ board was practicing ahead of him, have one guy who can beat press man and be somewhat of a deep threat. And Darius Slayton have, have just one guy like that.
1: So, I mean, if they trade him for a six round pick, are we like, I'm, I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, it's not like, it's not like some like, oh, look at Joe Shane pull it off, but it's a expiring contract who they don't, uh, they're not going to invest in the, uh, invest in going forward and isn't going to be uh, a key part of the team or a huge difference maker anyway. So yeah, it's, 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 it's it's a shame that when you looked at two years ago, you'd say trading Darius Lane for a six round pick. It's a shame that this is what it's come to, but it's something that I think most people would be on board with.
1: No, and it's a combination of you would like to think coordinator, you know, not not creating explosive plays per, post Pat Shermer, um, and then Darius Slate also has not been good. Like you know, you yes, look at no. you look at some of the advanced stuff. Or first of all, just drops, um, very high drop rate, um, and then also just not being able to create yards after the catch um, on his own individually. I mean, he's like the worst in the NFL doing that. He's never been able to separate. However, you should have a coordinator that understands that and tries to work around that. But Darius Slayton has not been very good the last two years. So there's definitely a you know, credence to both sides. they saying, hey, the coordinator didn't use him. You know, the play calling, the schematics didn't use him well enough. And then he's just not been good to start off with, too. But that's still that 2019. It's it still means something to me. But it also still does mean something to me.
0: 2020 wasn't great, but he also had 850 yards that year. Yeah. You know, like he led the receivers in and, and, and touchdowns, you know, like he had he had the most touchdowns as a wide receiver that year. You know, tied with Sterling Shepard, they both had, I think, three that season.
1: I'll also, uh, I'll also go to my Giants fan grave, saying that uh, that 30, 35 yard touchdown catch that he had against Washington at home, he did something to his ankle, and then he wasn't right for the rest of that year. So
0: it's just it's 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 been a very curious case. I don't know what the deal is. Again, there's you can say Darius Slayton is not good, while also saying he he is not in the David Sills Travis Toyvon and no, uh, league. No. You know, he is, he is a, uh, he is a class ahead of those guys.
1: And I still do think it's, we're really hyper analyzing this Darius Slayton thing. I mean, it's, it's June 14th, so this is what we're doing. It is risky to trade Darius Slayton. I don't care if it's for a uh, fourth round, fifth, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, seventh round pick. I don't care what you're trading him for. It's risky to trade him when you have the wide receivers that the Giants have on top of him in the depth chart. It's risky.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um. Like, if, honestly, if I was offered a 6th for him, maybe I'd view him higher than the regime does, but I I might hold on to him. The packaging with a 7th for a 5th seems a little more enticing to me. Um, you might make, would you get more in a comp, the comp pick formula? No. Probably not. And the Giants probably will spend a little more than they did this pass-off season. Yes,
1: yeah, that's that's part of it, too. Yes.
0: Uh, so, it's just, but, it's, but the, the, uh, the other side of that is, Darius Slayton didn't show up when he was needed at times this past year. You know, there was, you, you know, the two games before the trade deadline, he had zero catches, zero yards Yeah. when he was needed. When he was needed, he didn't show up. When guys yep. were out, he didn't show up. So um, it's crazy. The first couple of weeks of the season looked promising for Darius Slayton. You know, he, that, you know, the Denver game, the Washington game you'll remember for the drop, but the, the, you know. He
1: still had a touchdown catch that game. It's just, he dropped the second one. That would have been the game winner.
0: Yeah. Um. But it was like, okay, at least he's getting he's getting open with Kenny Galladay on the opposite side, and we we talked a lot about off last offseason is Kenny Galladay be a big benefit to Slayton, and, and it looked like that was those that was fruits were producing, and then he got hurt and missed a couple games, and kind of was the never never the same, and as far as involvement in the offense and just uh you know his play as well in general. So so
1: it's one of those things that he like he's starting. The spring, he's starting the early summer on the second team. It's not like okay, we're 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 two weeks into camp and he's out with this second team. Like they've literally stepped onto the football field, and this is and this is how we think that they're at least viewing him, right?
0: They haven't yeah, done anything yet. And again, part of being a coach is, is managing personalities. Um, Darius Slayton, I'm sure, is not thrilled about that, and probably. You know, you can say, you know, like the whole... That's why I don't buy the whole, well, given letting him work with the second team because eventually he will be the second team guy, but I don't know. If I was him behind... If I saw David Sills and Travis Toyvon and ahead yeah. of me or CJ Board, I would... I mean, I would be livid. I'd be when livid. When David Sills, by
1: the way, when, you know, David Sills has had some very few opportunities compared to Darius Slayton in the National Football League, but David Sills gets in there and drops two catches in a key spot
0: that he could have turned his career around, so... Led the Giants in receiving week seventeen, though people forget that. It's true. All right, Justin. Next question.
1: Next question. I like this question. Question is from our friend Liam. Giants future at future underscore Giants in twenty twenty one. The Giants were twenty seventh in the National Football League in average time of possession. With Wink coming in and bringing a more aggressive defense, that should give the Giants' offense much more time with the football. Ravens were third in the National Football League. How much will this help DJ in terms of scoring more touchdowns?
0: I mean I I looked at some numbers you did too but um long story short yes more time for the offense uh I don't think that really matters though
1: I think it, ma- I think it matters if it if the defense is like super bad like if they like the Giants defense even in 2020 and 2021 they were really bad with in terms of their average time of possession with allowing offenses to sustain drives but I don't think outside of the Denver game week 1 in 2021 I don't think the Giants' defense ever allowing long periods of drives ever stopped the Giants' offense from having a good offensive game. I think that's the only game the last two years that I can remember. Damn, the Giants' defense just got their ass kicked and it didn't allow the Giants' offense enough time on the field. So here's here's my phrase that I wrote down, then I'll let you respond. An offense sets the tempo of the game by not how often they hold the ball, but how often they score points. That's how you set the tempo of the game, by how you score points, not how often you hold the ball.
0: No, I agree with that, but to your point earlier about, you know, the you know, saying the defense, well the the offense sucks, so they weren't scoring regardless. Um but with a better offense, you get more possessions. I mean, there was times I, I I should have went and looked at, but there was multiple times where it's like the Giants have had the ball three times in the first half. You know, or or you know, even look at the rate look at the Ravens game, for example, uh uh, 2020, and, and 2020. I remember going into that. It's like the Giants, like, like they had three drives, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. they had three drives and then the game was essentially over at that point because of the defense. Yeah. You know, it was like the only time that was like the only game of the year where the defense really let the offense down. Uh, the offense wasn't good in that game either, but still, like the game was, the game was over, you know, like the Giants had like no room for error at the, at the end, at the end of the half. So just there was multiple times where it's like we we had the ball three times in the first half. Uh, You know, the Raiders game last year uh, rings a bell, too.
1: I put this tweet out on September 28th, and I've referenced this stat a couple times. I actually forgot about how good the Giants were in a category that technically doesn't fully matter. So I put this tweet out on September 28th. So I think at this point, we're three weeks into the season. The Giants are 6th in the NFL in most yards per drive, 5th in the NFL in average time of possession per drive. But most importantly and damning, they are 20th in the NFL in points per drive. The Giants are moving the ball well, but they're struggling to score 7. So, I mean, <laughs> I thought the Giants were like top 10 in that category, um, but they were they were like top 5 and they, and they were moving the ball. So really, I mean, I, I think Liam's question, again, I think it goes back to talking about the defense forcing those 3 and outs. But I do think it's the offense that really sets the tone of the game and why the Giants defense, despite allowing a shit ton of time to come off the clock every single week, especially in 2020 and 2021, it kept them in games because they were allowing field goals and not touchdowns. And in that Ravens game, you know, if you're allowing touchdowns at the end of those six minute drives, it's a lot worse than just allowing field goals. And then also an element to this too, Bobby. Uh, something that isn't talked about a lot, but it's the rate at which you run plays as well. Like how quickly is an NFL team and an NFL offense running plays? And if you look at the the data just from last year, the overall data of the rate at which the Giants ran plays, that they were tenth. They were tenth in the National Football League and rate at, and rate at the rate at which they would run plays but you have to break it down the first half and second half because when you're trailing in the second half in games, you're behind by multiple scores. So the rate at which you run plays are going to be quicker. In the first half, the Giants were 23rd in the National Football League. In the first half, at the rate at which they ran plays. I hate discrepancy like that. I hate the discrepancy when I see the pass-to-run ratio, when I see that your your run rate is really high in the first half and then your pass rate is really high in the second half. That's an imbalanced football team, and it's a team that's playing from behind. I hate seeing that, and that's what the Giants have been for a very, very long time since they've been really, really bad. The Chiefs and the Bills, however, both in the first half, they are teams that have to- they are in the top 10 in National Football League in the rate at which they run plays and how quickly they run those plays. So that is ho- something that I hopefully want to see this year in the Giants. When the game matters in the first half, run those plays quickly, set the tempo of the game. But you got to finish at the end of the day. What it matters is you got to finishing got to
0: score points. And Brian Dable running the Earhart Perkins uh, offense will help with that because it's not going to like you know getting running the hurry up will be a lot easier because <clears throat> you not can have even guys in different up. areas.
1: It's it's not even hurry up though because you know I, I you know maybe you're thinking to yourself well listen it's all oh, – well Justin wants a wants a Chip Kelly offense I don't like that I but I what I think just getting up to the line of scrimmage. More quickly, it allows Daniel Jones time to diagnose at the line of scrimmage, which I think he's very, very good at doing that. You saw him do that a good amount in 2020, and it led to some of our biggest, biz, biggest explosive plays that year. So uh, it allow it keeps the defense on their toes, keeps them on their heels, limits substitutions, shit like that. So um, I'm hoping they do more of that this year, but not going into like Chip Kelly, just not even taking a breath.
0: So. Right. Well, the Earhart Perkins offense, because it's concept based, it's a lot easier to do that because it doesn't really matter where you're aligned. It's the concept, you know. Where, so, um, so it, is the answer yes or no? Put all those numbers into a yes or no answer.
1: How much will this help DJ in terms of scoring more touchdowns? Now, I don't think. Again, Liam was talking about the defense helping out the offense, so. Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think the Giants defense getting off the field quicker is going to help the offense. I think the offense is going to help the offense score points. So, sorry, Liam.
0: All right, next question.
1: Next question is going to Chris Kennedy at Chris Kennedy underscore 25. If Andrew Thomas goes down with an injury, do you move Evan Neal over to left tackle? Justin, hope to see you in Nashville. Bobby, hope to see you in Jacksonville.
0: This is a tough question, man. And it really kind of pokes at some philosophy I might have as far as, you know, especially with a team that's in, in rebuild mode. But I, I really hate having the answer, but the answer to me is yes. One, Evan Neal played left tackle last year. So he's, you know, he has that comfortability to do that and move there. But also, like, the offense has to be able to operate. And with Matt Perrick, Corey Cunningham, Matt Ganell, if those guys are starting at left tackle, the offense is a lot harder to operate compared to those guys at right tackle and then a guy like Evan Neal at left, left tackle who will be able to protect better. So, um, yeah, but it does, what it does suck is that Evan Neal's the right tackle and that does hamper the development a little bit. Not, it doesn't, it doesn't stun his growth, but it does hamper development. Um, you know, like long-term development. So it's, it's, um, it's an answer I don't love having. But to me, the answer is yes, because the offense can't function without uh, with with one of those three guys at left tackle. If you had a, a halfway decent swing tackle behind him, maybe. Um, but to, the answer to me is yes, because we've seen expe- specifically with Daniel Jones, is that he. When his left tackle is taken care of, he he becomes a lot better at maneuvering the pocket, a lot better at maneuvering the pocket and avoiding fumbles and, and buying time within a play. The fumbles and they're not maneuvering the pocket well is when Andrew Thomas is in the first half of his rookie year or Nate Soldier's is his left tackle or Matt Parrott is his left tackle. And that's when the fumbles and it's like, okay, there's some bad pocket awareness shows up with Daniel Jones.
1: Evan Neal's a top 10 draft pick. Um, move him. Move him to the left side. Uh, it, it would suck, uh, especially if it happens his his rookie year. But I mean, if you're drafting in the top ten, and considering that left tackle is the second most important position in the game of football to protect the f- the most important position in the game of football, um, he he's got He's got to make that move. So um, and also, like Bobby said, you look at those other options. It's like I, I don't care if Evan Neal is uh, an, an iffy left tackle. He's probably going to be better than whatever we have. To back him up at left tackle. So
0: this actually happened with the Lions last year when Taylor Decker went down and they started Penesu at left tackle and then moved him back to right tackle. Now, if I'm the Lions, I'm looking at Penesu as a huge investment and I'm just making him the left tackle for the long term future and moving Taylor Decker to right tackle. But, um, but that's a totally different scenario than where where the Giants are at right now. They got so a good you,
1: offensive line.
0: So begrudging, begrudgingly, I say yes, you do move him the left tackle.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I it's not like we're just talking about, hey, like let's just say Matt Parrott did turn into that tackle of the future, right, as a, th- a third-round pick. And it's like, oh, well, if Andrew Thomas ever goes down, do you move Matt Parrott over? I mean, yeah, you have a legitimate argument to say yes or no. But I think because of the investment that you put in Evan Neal as a top-ten pick, he should be expected to be a stud, and he should be expected to handle that change. Agreed. All right, next question. Oh, this is a fun one. Mark Breer at MJ Breer. What's your biggest takeaway from Emery Hunt's quote about Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor? What does it mean?
0: So this got me a little fired up with the Daniel Jones stuff, which, you know me, like I that doesn't happen to me anymore. Because one, I'm like, I'm not putting any like hope, like I'm putting a little bit of hope, but like I don't have the, the Daniel Jones faith or, you know, kind of linked to him the way I have been in the past. So I saw this and I was actually really like confused and, and I asked around. So, um, our friend Authentic, he has his own YouTube channel, uh, quoted Emery Hunt. And if you don't know Emery Hunt, he's like, he's just a broad NFL analyst, but he's been at the Giants, um, offseason activities. And he is quoted, I strongly, so this is Emery Hunt from Authentic's tweet though. I strongly believe the Giants should move on from Daniel Jones. We've seen a lot of interceptions in practice. The big elephant in the room is seeing Tyrod Taylor do things in practice that Jones is struggling with. Also said, four to six game buffer uh, before we see Tyrod. So, I went and watched it. and So, I'm like, okay, it's just a quote. Maybe look at at the context of it more. And... He he meant, he specifically like it like it's it's not taken out of context it's fully in context and he specifically mentioned an Adore Jackson pick six so I'm like so I I asked a couple of the beat reporters Justin wasn't that all was not that off a tip uh, let me get there I oh, asked okay. a couple I asked a couple of the beat reporters and I was like I I sent it to him I was like is this true because like I didn't see you guys report on this you know and, and Zach Rosenplatt charts every single throw of training camp like and even put together like the the total stats. Uh afterwards and I was like he's then they're all like no it's like uh Zach said like he maybe had two interceptions and then Jordan Jordan I I, I didn't mean to name drop but Jordan said he had three interceptions two of them the Adore Jackson one of uh, the wide receiver slipped on a curl route which led to a pick six for a Jackson and then another one uh bounced off someone's chest up into the a wide receiver's chest off into the air so there's one interception that is that is his fault and I, I don't know what Emory Hunt is talking about, okay? And they 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 said like you know Jones hasn't looked you know great in practice. He hasn't looked bad, but hasn't looked great. Um, but that quote about Jones is throwing interceptions all over the ball yard is just wrong. Like it's just that's not true. I don't know where he came with that talking point and that idea. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And I don't even need to bring up the point that Brian Dable talked about Jones being more aggressive um, and stuff. Now they did say that Tyrod Taylor has looked pretty good and, and supposedly he has, but I will stand firm on this. I don't care what anybody says, I, you know, and this is a, a sad place to be with Daniel Jones to this be a strong comment, but Daniel Jones is a flat out better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor flat out. Um, bring me all your opinions. I don't care. Daniel Jones is a flat out better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. So, um, I that I that made my skin crawl seeing that. It's like what, what is Emory Hunt talking about? And this is anyway, say I, I I don't know where he got that. And again, I asked the beer reporters and guys who aren't like Daniel, you know, not Giants fans who are looking to make excuses for everything, and they're just like, This is not true.
1: Yeah. I I, I guess it's more or less just pissed that people lie rather than like a defense of Daniel Jones. You know, it's just like why why are you lying? Why are you lying about this?
0: Which, if this was true, it'd be a little alarming, but it's just
1: not. It's not. It's not you know, true. Because especially, so. like, this is this is the stuff that happens, and granted, the Giants deserve every bad thing that's said about them in the national media. They deserve every bad thing that's said. They have lost a lot of games. They've lost the most games in the NFL since 2017. You know, But it, it's this stuff that is said in the national media, because then people like... Emory Hunter, if you have a blue check mark and you're just a broad national NFL reporter, that's the stuff that's put out to the rest of the NFL. So, um, you know, I don't want to hear, and I don't want the the casual fan to read that Daniel Jones is throwing interceptions left and right in the spring when that's not true. So, just
0: don't yeah. lie. Don't yeah, lie. that, and and the fact, that, and also the Tyrod Taylor is who Tyrod Taylor is, and he's not better than Daniel Jones, um, and that's not yeah. that's not a ringing endorsement for Daniel Jones. So. Yeah, that
1: doesn't um, but, even that at this point like that doesn't even. If like, Daniel Jones has sucks, to go people up are going to call it. for
0: it. If, if Daniel Jones isn't good in the beginning of the season, people are going to call for it. But it shouldn't happen. It's going to be annoying to deal with, you know. And you know, certainly if he's not good, we're not going to defend him. You know, it's going to be time to move on. But it won't be yeah. time to move on to Tyron Taylor.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to say that at this point because I who who knows what it will look like. I don't want to give the line of the excuses are out this is still not a fantastic team. This is going to be a first year in the system, but, and you're right about Tyrod Taylor not being the answer, but we could reach a point and it could be early on that Daniel Jones is just not the answer. So then it's just time to just move on from him. Not necessarily on to Tyrod Taylor. So.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. If, if, if Daniel Jones is bad for week five, it's just very clear cut. Like the giants need to move on from Daniel Jones. Uh, you're not going to tag him. You're not going to give him a cheap contract. Um, you know, you're going to look for a, a QB in the offseason, whether it's the draft or possibly a trade, if there's someone they really fell in love with and became available. But the answer to me will never be to move to Tyrod Taylor.
1: Yeah. Bobby, could you read an ad for me?
0: Um, No, can you read an ad for me?
1: Oh, yeah, I'll read you one. Don't interrupt me. Good. I care about... Everybody who listens to this show, right? I mean, we 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 care so much. Um, we have a lot of products that we talk about where it's just men's health, men's hygiene, all that stuff. So, all right, guys, man to man, fell to fell, person to person, I care about each of you. I want you to feel confident and to prioritize your health and your relationships, especially as the summer's getting hot and steamy. If you're ready to get hot and steamy and care about yourself, start with roman roman swipes they are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed there is no prescription needed pe treatments they're safe they're effective and used by millions of men there are it's free two-day shipping shipping can sometimes be a pain in the ass i love how roman whatever you are doing with roman whether it is swipes whether it is their pe treatment it's discreet it comes in discreet packaging. Love all that stuff. So I want you to go to getroman.com slash world. Talking Giants versus the World today. And if approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's getroman.com slash world. Getroman.com slash world. Care about your men's health. Last long in bed. Get hot and steamy this summer. Get down with it with Roman. Just made up that new phrase. How do you like that? Get down with it with Roman. I like it. Thank you.
0: I'm replying to a...
1: Uh... A tweet?
0: No, a DM from Snacks.
1: Oh, well, what did he What did he say?
0: Get him um, canceled. No, we were just kind of shitting on somebody, so I'm not going to say oh, it on the air. Oh, love
1: that. Love that.
0: Um, Just making fun of people because we're assholes. Jacob uh,
1: Ball just followed me on Twitter. Thanks, Jacob.
0: Who's Jacob Ball?
1: Uh, He's a a Giants fan, and and his picture is with him, and it looks like his grandfather picture at MetLife Stadium before a Giants
0: game. Word up. All right, next question.
1: Oh, this is fun. Marcus Lopez at Marcus L 28 If you could take one player from each NFC East rival and add them to the giants current roster, who would it be and why?
0: So Justin, we're changing this to a draft.
1: Love a good draft.
0: Um, this was actually harder than it seems when you look at these teams, because some of like the best players are at positions where the giants don't need them. And then some of these teams, best players are like 31, 32, 33 years old. So you didn't want to steal those guys. Um, you know, when the Giants are in a rebuild. So, uh, let's see. I got—I actually have a coin. I was just holding it. Heads or tails. Um, you know what? Talking Giants or back of a Talking Giants sticker?
1: Back of Talking Giants.
0: You get the first pick. I get the so first pick. So, you get pick. one, one, one pick from each team. I'm going to tweet these out tomorrow, too. So. <sighs>
1: I kind of didn't want the first pick because if I pick somebody that's like, Oh, how did you, die? How did you pick them? Um,
0: what what I did think, they say?
1: I think I have to go Micah Parsons.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking about that because, I mean, he's just the truth, and he's so young too. So that was kind of who I wanted. Um, so now the strategy comes is I already I don't have to wait. I I am gonna save Cowboys for my third pick because he already picked a Cowboy. Oh, it's true. Uh, and I have. Well, I guess I'll go both Washington and Eagles because it's a snake draft. So, from Washington, you know who I'm going? Who are you going with? I'm going at a position people are going to be like, how are you taking this? Jonathan Allen, the defensive tackle for Washington. He Dude, was he first so good. He's he was so first good. on my board, too, out of Washington, yeah. He's so, so, so good. Like, he's ridiculous, man. Whenever the Giants play him, it's like he gives them the most issues um, from that defensive line. You know, like once Nick Gates got good, Jonathan Allen was really like the only guy who gave him issues after like that first uh, couple weeks as as, as center for Nick Gates. Um, Him and Leonard Williams together would be disgusting. Uh, Him and Wink Martindale's defense would be nasty. Uh, So I'm going Jonathan Allen um, for my first pick. So... From the Eagles, here's the issue. I want to go AJ Brown, but the Giants do have Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Wandale, Shep. There's one David obvious. Sills.
1: There's one obvious answer here. It's obvious.
0: Are you what? Are you thinking James Bradbury? No. Who? Who who's your obvious well, answer? I can't.
1: I because if I say it and you're not thinking him, then I'm gonna oh I'm gonna take him. Do you want to trade this pick to me? I would love to take it.
0: I mean, it would make no sense for me to trade because what are you it gonna just get makes back no in sense. <laughs> No, yeah, nothing. <laughs> um, you get next year's first. AJ Brown is on there. No one from their O line is really. Anyone I want. They're old guys uh, on that O line. They are. I mean, Jason Kelsey's really old. How old is Brandon Brooks? Is and is Brandon how good is Brandon Brooks?
1: Jordan Mailata's from the 2018 draft.
0: Yeah, but Jordan Mailata's a tackle.
1: I would move Evan Neal to guard to have Jordan Mailata on the team. Stop. I would. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL, and he's already proven.
0: You're going to move Evan Neal to guard.
1: And then uh, you're talking about having three of the best young linemen in the NFL. Now, obviously, I probably wouldn't draft Evan Neal you if I had what? Jordan Mailata, but th- in this in this hypothetical fantasy wild draft, I yes, I would. And Jordan Mailata is not the obvious answer from the Eagles here. Like, you're still struggling with that.
0: There's someone that would be not it'd be like a oh, really but it might make sense you know what i'm going sexy i'm going aj brown i don't care about kenny galladay or darius tony and right, their good. feelings aj brown you he's failed. the best player uh i'm going aj brown you failed uh, because
1: you didn't pick darius slay and darius slay is like the most obvious answer here
0: bullcrap that, that 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 helps for one year but darius slay had a down 2020 how old is darius slay at this point
1: darius slay had one of the best he's 31 2021s. years old he's
0: he had a really 31 good years old. 2021 he's 31 I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not getting my free player as a 31 year old cornerback.
1: He's really good, and 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 as we know, it's better to sign these cornerbacks as free agents versus drafting them.
0: So, you want to know someone who I actually considered as a wild card? Who? I'm gonna give you a hint. I have history with this guy.
1: Dallas Goddard.
0: I did consider Dallas Goddard. Dallas did- Goddard's pretty underrated, even though I did punch him in the face in, in North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah. Um all right so who are your your so you now you have a Washington and Eagles pick.
1: Well I mean I picked Darius Slay.
0: Darius Slay. All yes. Right. And who's from Washington or who's from Washington?
1: I mean it, it, I, Terry is just the the easy answer. Yeah. I had I, I mean, did have Jonathan Really? Allen. There's no
0: one else if you could think De'Ron Payne who's pretty good. But who, I mean, on that roster, Terry McLaurin's just the clearly next best player on that. You know yeah, they don't one, you really know.
1: have anybody awesome in the secondary.
0: No QB, no running back, no tight end. Is Obviously Brandon no Sheriff watch-
1: still floating around? No. But he's also he's older. On the,
0: he, he's on the Jags. Um, oh, my God. Are we... Antonio Antonio Gibson? Dude, I can't believe... We- I, I don't know for some reason. Oh, God. You're locked... Dude, you should have taken Chase Young or or Montez Sweat. I don't know why those guys just blank my mind.
1: Um, I prefer Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Allen over them. I mean, I also took Micah Parsons, so.
0: Can I maybe go and trade Jonathan Allen? I would take Montez Sweat over Chase Young.
1: I adamant, Chase Young's got I such a high
0: ceiling that. though. For one year, I would take Montez Sweat, but Chase Young's ceiling is just so high. So I, I just don't know why those guys blank my mind. I, I'm I'm regretting that, and I'm regretting the tweet that we're gonna send out um, for this tomorrow. So, all right, next question.
1: Next question. I I won that. I don't know what you're talking about. At Andy eight o one. Are you slowly building up your lemonade stomach capacity or waiting for the week before? Yeah, how are you how are you approaching this?
0: So, I actually had a moment this weekend where I was like, I really no. don't want to spend my 4th of July No. going and doing this. You can't you can't do that. But I was like, you know what? I did win the contest and it would suck to pass this up. So what I did is I replied to the email where it's like, you know, give your shirt size, phone number, sign a waiver in case I die of lemonade. Um, sure But I, I'll, I'll, I'll include the email The other part of the email that I wrote And so his reaction to this will decide if I'm going or not I said Also Badlands I work for a big internet media company John Boy Media And host the number one New York Giants pod talking Giants We'd really like to bring a cameraman for this to document my time in and, in and around the contest and post on our social media and YouTube, which in turn helps bring eyes to you guys. I'll link our channels and socials to give you an idea of what we can do and the numbers. Really think it could benefit both sides. Also, I'm six foot seven, so I'm sure I'll stand out. Always have been a big fan of you, uh, of yours and the hot dog contest and has always been a must watch. Feel free to call me to talk more. I also saw you were involved with the DA show with Sean Marash, our friend Sean Marash. He was... Badlands Booker was in his backyard like a week ago Who was a friend of mine oh. uh, if, you, if, uh, if you'd if if you like to Reference what we're about I'll give you a call If need be thanks and then I said John Boy Media YouTube 1.6 million Subscribers Talking Giants YouTube 19,000 and then the Twitters and Instagram And all that so uh, If he doesn't get back to me uh, By tonight I'm going to give him a call Tomorrow and that, that So that will be the deciding factor if I do the Lemonade Chogging contest or not
1: Okay fair
0: because if they don't allow us to go and get content out of it, I'm definitely not going. Correct, like, correct. Because I did have a, I, I had a serious moment where it's like, man, this is this I will not get to enjoy the Fourth of July like I like to every year doing this. But also, it would you know it, it's one year. This is a once in a lifetime the, opportunity. Yeah. So, um,
1: although it might not be,
0: you know, like we could, I'm sure we could work with them and have John Boyd me to just get us in the contest. So, all right, next question.
1: Mason at Mason with two N's underscore ninety nine. Which receiver finishes first on the team at fantasy points for this season? Tony or Galladay?
0: I, I I'm changing the question to all receivers. What, what do you got? Um, sh, Tony. If there's no injuries, it's Tony. But I actually trust Galladay to be more healthy, and Gallaudet is going to get some touchdowns this year. So I'm going Galladay. Now, if every, all things are equal and everybody stays healthy, I'm going Tony. But I'm actually going to go Kenny Galladay. I think he's going to get some touchdowns. And again, Kenny Gallaudet is not – he's going to put up more yards and have more catches. Like, Kenny Gallaudet is going to have a much better season. Um, so even if they are both healthy, I think Galladay could edge him out. But um, I, I'm going to go Kenny Galladay.
1: If Kadarius Tony has a 75-catch, 98-target year – Eight hundred thirty-three yards with five touchdowns. Are you happy with that?
0: How many yards?
1: Eight hundred thirty-three yards, seventy-five receptions, ninety-eight targets, five touchdowns. Are you happy with that?
0: How many games played? Um,
1: let's just let's just say let's just say sixteen.
0: If Kenny Galladay is doing better than that, yes. If that's our number one wide receiver, about, no. I'm
1: talking about for that's Kadarius Tony.
0: Uh, that's what I'm saying. Is if Kenny Galladay has a better season than that, then yes, I'm happy with Kadarius Tony's output. If that's our number one wide receiver output, then no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like pissed, but it's not the expectations I have for a healthy Tony.
1: According to Pro Football Reference, um, what I just read that's to you high was, expectations, but what I just read to you was Cole Beasley's 2016 season with Dallas, and that was the 40th. He was ranked 40th in fantasy football. In 2016, with that stat line,
0: Kadarius Tony being s- s- playing 16 games should not be the 40th best fantasy football wide receiver. He should be much better than that.
1: Uh, Kenny Galladay in 2019 played in 16 games, 65 catches, 11 touchdowns, almost 1,200 yards, and according to Pro Football Reference, that was the third best fantasy season amongst wide receivers that year.
0: Right, so I'm going Galladay.
1: I mean, it just it, for me. What it comes down to is Kenny Galladay going to catch touchdowns or not. If Kenny Galladay is not going to catch five plus touchdowns this year, then Kadarius Tony is going to get it just on PPR alone.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. But I, I expect Galladay to get some t- some some teeters. All right, next some question.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna final answer Tony for me. Um, Westlock.
0: We should remember that for next year
1: at Westy West Goals. Well, we're going to um. I think on PPPs, we'll, we'll like, um, I want to keep better track of PPPs this year. We have somebody who's, you know, Julian obviously is going to be helping out with that. So I want to keep better track of like what we project these guys to do, like stat wise and, and stuff like that, too. I want to I keep better track of that. Maybe get like a spreadsheet going. Wes Lock at Wesley West goals. Which position coach is more crucial to the success of the 2022 Giants, Bobby Johnson or Jerome Henderson?
0: Because Westlock said 2022 is Jerome Henderson because he's going to have that's such an integral part of the team. He's got not much to work with, and some guys, you know, starting two outside corners are both guys who missed games last year, uh, and Aaron Robinson and and uh, Adore Jackson, and then you know Darnay Holmes. How well will he fit in this mix? So Jerome Henderson, um, to me, is the answer for 2020. But if if the question was long term, it's Bobby Johnson.
1: I'm going to get cute with this question. And I'll I'll pose it this way. Because, again, we're in the middle of June. You got to get cute with some questions. What's more important to do in the 2022 season? Don't do this. Develop the offensive line and coach up the offensive line. And that, you know, cough, cough is uh, Josh Azudu who ideally will not be starting this year. Coach those guys up, those younger guys up, or just coach up these short-term, maybe not long-term solutions in the secondary. Like, Adoree Jackson's not a long-term solution in the secondary. Um, Rodarius Williams may not be, like, et cetera, et
0: cetera. The the question was for 2022 season.
1: Yeah, so what what is a more important thing to do for the 2022 season? Develop the offensive line or to just get by in the secondary?
0: That you're turning a short-term question into a long-term question.
1: Correct. That's why this is a stupid question that I just asked you, but I have to do it because um, it's a mailbag. Qu- it's a mailbag pot in the middle of June.
0: But to talk <laughs> about like the 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 long-term <laughs> the long-term stuff with Bobby Johnson, like continue to develop Andrew Thomas, develop Andrew uh, uh, Evan Neal, not Andrew Neal, um, Azudu, like turning him into a good offensive lineman. McKeithen, can you get anything out of him? Uh, and people think, oh, well, the young- well, Shane the mute. Can can Shane Lemieux turn into a decent football player? Like I think that can be coached into him. I think there, I think there's a player in there, Shane Lemieux Also, another under un, underrated point: Mark Lewinsky. He's here on a three year deal. You know, essentially a two year deal with you know an ability to cut him after the second year. Getting the most out of Mark Lewinsky, uh, in in these two two to three years on the Giants. So long term, Bobby Johnson. But for the 2022 season, I'm um, I'm saying Jerome Henderson.
1: Yeah, I agree. But also I don't agree. Word up. All right. Because I do question. think I do right, think sorry, it a ahead. I do think an important goal of this season should be to coach the offensive line. But that doesn't impact the success of the 2022 Giants. So that's where Wes gets you with the wording of the question. Research Rick, NYG fan in Charlotte. What's the over under on training camp fights and who's who's the biggest bully? Bobby Johnson, Brian Cox, who's the defensive line coach, or Bobby Skinner. Now that Talking Giants has a producer,
0: I miss Billy and Julian. Um, so <laughs> the over under, um, I'm putting it at two and a half, and I actually thought about that. Is because there's going to be one fight at least, right? No yes. matter what. Brian Dable, unlike Joe Judge, I don't think he's going to go off on his team if there's one fight. It you seemed know?
1: like there was already two fights in the spring, and then maybe there was one shoving
0: match. Exactly exactly so one so one's gonna happen and Brian Dable's not gonna lose his shit on them which means a second will happen how does Brian Dable handle the second one Mm. does he have a a little casual you know like mindset to it or is it like I gotta nip this in the bud right now and 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 like if you guys fight again there's gonna be real issues so that's why I put the over under at two and a half and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under it's a new regime I'm gonna say they they stay at two I'm going over.
1: I think there's going to be one with the Jets. I don't care if it's one day. There's going to be one with the Jets. If there is something happening with the Patriots, which I don't think there is at this point. It's
0: it's just the Jets. Damn it. I'm still going to go over. It would never make sense to do one for the week one preseason game. It's too early in the camp to do that. I'm going over. There's going to
1: be one with the Jets, and then there's going to be two just with the team.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So I'm going under, you're going over. Um, We should put that on the over-under episode. All right. Um, You know what? Actually, before we hit the next question, it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $150 in free bets no matter what. Win or lose, baby. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday this baseball season? With drafting same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and and more. And boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Um, you know, so what's the Yankees to, uh, you know, to hit four home runs, uh, their starting pitcher to go uh six innings and you know uh, yeah Brett Garner to be re-signed maybe that's mm. one. right now if your same game parlay doesn't hit you can get a free bet uh, uh, back up to $10 a draft needs a safe, secure, and reliable best of all you deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JohnBoy. New customers can bet, make any any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code JohnBoy only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. She's shown us for details and will be trademarks used with permission. Next question.
1: There was a WFAN caller like in 2008 that said, I hate Brett Gardner. And I love that. I say that line to myself often. Bobby L. at NJ 35 Love that handle. What Giants Super Bowl team was the best team overall? I've thought about this.
0: It's the easier United the 1986
1: go. Giants, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like easily. I thought maybe you would think about it. I thought maybe you would try to flirt in 2007. But Harry Carson is still with the 86-87 um, the team. Joe Morris is still there. That's LT's 20 and a half sack year. Um, did I say Joe Morris? Jim Burt is still there. We're in the 90 91. He's no, I'm sorry. Bart Oates. Oh, I think Jim Burd and Bart Oates may have not been on not been a part of 9091. George Martin is still on the defensive line and he's still flirting or floating around in 86 87. Uh that's the year that he picked off John Elway and he had that big interception return for a touchdown in the regular season. So yeah, I definitely do say 86 87. I think 9091 is a lot better coached. I think that's the postseason where you sold that Bill Belichick at that unbelievable game plan against Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills. High flying. We're gonna let Thurman Thomas run against us to prevent the big explosive play um from um you know from that Bills offense. Do you remember when Carl Banks basically like yes. went at me online and forgot that anyway? Um yes. So I think ninety ninety one is 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 better coached, but eighty six eighty seven is the most talented team.
0: 1986, they went 14-2. Best team in the NFL that year. You want to know what their total score was in the playoffs?
1: Well, there was one 49-3 game against the
0: 49ers in there. so 101-23. to Oh, yeah. P- they pitched a shutout in the conference championship game versus uh, the Redskins. I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl 39-20. One of the best and most underrated QB performance in the Super Bowl is Phil Simms. Um, honestly, the you know, and obviously 91-2, but... Essentially, that Giants team had the best coaching staff in NFL history. You have two top five coaches of all time, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick on the same coaching staff. And oh, don't forget about Tom Coughlin, guys like Romeo Cornell in there. Um, you know, like Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, and Leonard Marshall combined for 39 sacks. Um, and then, like, you look at Phil Sims' like, total stats that year 21 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. The NFL averaged 20 interceptions per offense that year. You know, like that wasn't as bad as it looked. They were the sixth rushing team uh, in the NFL that year. Mark Bavaro had a thousand yards receiving as a tight end.
1: That was the year uh, that Mark Bavaro broke his jaw against the Saints. He came back in that game. Um, the Giants were known. It's funny how 1986 is uh, similar to 2007 and 2011 in some ways, but how it's similar to 2011 is that the 1986 team they had a lot of come from behind games in the regular season. And that Saints game was one of them, where they were down early. Mark Bavaro breaks his jaw. Then he comes back in the game. The first drive that he's back in the game, he has, like, three catches in a drive, including one for a touchdown. And then they come on back. Like, his jaw was, like, wired shut. And he was, like, eating, like, cereal for, like, a couple weeks after that. So, uh, those were some, uh... Tough SOBs on that on that team, and that's why I think like that team. You mentioned the coaching staff, but I think the team is just a lot more talented in 86-87. and it was the coaching staff in ninety, ninety one to really like propel them there to like get them there.
0: So yeah, so all right, um, love that, love that talk. talk. Uh, let's let's do these next two questions quick. I want to keep this as at least uh, at an hour.
1: Pastrami, Nostradamus. Asks, does going up against the high blitz defense in practice, is it going to help Daniel Jones and the offensive line better deal with
0: blitzing? Simple answer. I don't know how much the offensive line, because they're not game planning for that defense, you know, where it's just, it is kind of a mess. But as far as Daniel Jones, absolutely. It forces you to process quicker. It forces you to get to your check downs quicker when it's time to get those check downs. So it, it just, you're reading a lot more where... You know, playing against Patrick Graham's defense in practice, you're able to get a profit. You know, uh, you know, and his training camp blitz schemes weren't going to be exotic. Um, you know, they're going to throw... You know, there's definitely some a lot of, you know, replacement zones and stuff Patrick Graham's going to throw at you, but he's not going to be doing those like crazy in camp. Um, so, long story short, yes.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. And ideally the Giants are not facing as high of a blitz rate this year as they did in 2020 and 2021. I know that was a huge problem in 2020. Like every week I was just looking at, you know, the, the, the lack of an ability to create an explosive play. It meant that teams just didn't respect your ability to throw the ball downfield. So they felt like they could blitz you. Um, not blitzing to prevent a big play but they i think teams just felt like they could get away with it because yeah. they weren't worried about you getting beat you know from 20 plus yards down the field so um hopefully that is different this year that daniel you know along with an offensive line being better um you know hopefully Daniel Jones won't be facing as much pressure because teams won't feel that they can get away with blitzing as much that's hopefully a theory for this year
0: word up it was All a right, theory
1: next- i had for 2021 and failed failed all things Giants last question at Giants things, gents if you could attend any of these sporting events with your favorite team of that sport in it which would it be a Super Bowl with the Giants in it gave seven of the World Series with the Yanks game seven of the NBA Finals with the Nets or a pickleball championship rooting on a LPG and some other guy fun fact I actually did see LPG at a pickleball tournament in my hometown I ran into him and it was last summer it was fun
0: this is actually pretty tough for me, man. Cause easy for me. All right, go. Game
1: seven of the World Series with the Yanks with the Yanks in it.
0: Oh, so I feel like I'm going to eliminate the Super Bowl. It's. I just I don't know if I kind of I don't know if I kind of want to be in my zone for that. You know. Um.
1: If it's not at MetLife, I don't want to. I don't want to go to a foreign environment to watch a Giants a Giants game that's so important like that.
0: Yeah, and you kind of want to be around, you know, your friends and family. Even though if the Giants are in the Super Bowl, it's going to be me next to you. Yeah. Um, You know, so, like, I'll never, like, my all my family that's Giants fans, I'll never get to experience the Super Bowl with them. Um, I'm going to say the Nets. One, a, a championship to them would mean more than a Yankees title for me. Um, And just basketball, so back and forth. Um, and it's just, pin, you know, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, you're just every single time they take a shot, you're on pins and needles, living and dying with every shot. Where a baseball game, it's like you're waiting for that moment. Football, it's it's not. And then license plate guy, we love you, but you're you're a distant fourth. We don't want to go watch you play pickleball wow. championship.
1: Tough. Tough. Game seven, Yanks, though, too, because you mentioned, I mentioned it not being at MetLife and it's at a neutral site. Game seven of the Yanks, like I would be going to it if it's in the Bronx. So the fact that everybody there understands the moment and everybody there is basically rooting for the same color and they're rooting for the same team. I've never been to a Yankees postseason game, but just the vibe and the atmosphere that has been like the Bronx in the postseason, it's something that is talked about. And it's not something that's just... Oh, it's a thing, blah blah blah, and it's hyped up. It is something that is talked about as being like an element and a factor in a game. So to get to experience that would be
0: awesome. Oh yeah, awesome. I mean a Yankees game seven would be just electric. Um, yeah. What's the World Series schedule this year? There's no way I can make it up for a game, right? Even though those tickets would be super expensive and John yeah, no, would be yeah, no, we not.
1: we no, we're not special enough to go to that. They haven't even brought me to a game this year at all. Like, I haven't been to a Yankees game yet.
0: Let's I'm not special enough. We November.
1: I mean, it, nove- no- it would have to be November. And I think, but I think November... But sometimes they can bleed
0: into December, can't they?
1: I, I No, I don't think so. I think November... The Giants aren't home a lot in November. No. Because they're home so often in September and October that I think that there's a stretch where they're kind of away for a little bit. They're very home-centered heavy in the first half of their schedule versus the second
0: half. So, All right, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go the Nets. But, I mean, anyone's a great option except for LPG. Wow. We um, love you, though. Rude. All right, that's an episode. We'll be back on Friday. Not exactly sure what we got in store for Friday, but we'll see. We'll, we'll think of something. Um, so we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.